everyone. It's Cheryl and Tony. Welcome to this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? I'm my my squeal was too quiet. Okay, would you like to re-squeal? I need to re-squeal. Okay, go. Ahead. Is it better? Much better. Thank you. Yes. I'm good. good. You know, we're getting this done nice and early in the day today. Yeah, we've got your squeal under under wraps here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, happy Monday, everybody. Or happy Sunday, because Tony actually might get this out uh, on the early side today. No, it still goes out at midnight. Oh, all right. It's for Monday morning. All right, fine. Yes. Fine for all the people driving to work. Yes. All, like, six of you. (laughs) All right. Let's start with um, the Disney Parks blog. What do we have going on over there? It's been slow, the news on the Disney Parks blog lately. Disney Parks blog is still very light, but there was a story about uh, Duffy and Friends uh, they've created a little stop motion uh, film mm-hmm. that is on YouTube. I'll post it to the site if you're interested in Duffy and his friends. Uh, but it's just, uh, it's cute. It's about teamwork and friendship and love. And they plant some seeds that Mickey sends to them and uh, they grow some morning glories. So uh, in the video is Duffy with his friends Shelly Mae, Jellatoni, Stella Lou, Cookie Ann, and <laughs> Olu Mel. Love these names. Yeah, They're so, so cute. If you are not familiar with Duffy, uh, he was in Epcot for a while, uh, but he is primarily a uh, Japanese uh, Tokyo Disney uh, creation. Uh, but he is Mickey's teddy bear. And uh, the story is that one day on Cape Cod, Mickey Mouse was leaving on a long sea voyage. Minnie didn't want Mickey to be lonely, so she hand sewed a cuddly teddy bear to keep him uh, company and gave Mickey the bear in a duffel bag, which inspired him to name the bear Duffy. Okay. Because, you know, there's nothing that other sailors enjoy more when (laughs) another guy brings a teddy bear with him on board the uh, ship. Hey, if Minnie Mouse hand sews you a teddy bear, you bring it. I guess. All right. um, Disney employees have created a video with their stories of racial inequality, and that's been released by Disney. Yes. Is that also on the Disney Parks blog? Uh, It was not on the Parks blog, but it was released by the Disney site. It is a five-minute long video. Uh, and it is a, um, like Cheryl said, it's a, a video of uh, personal stories of racial inequality. And Disney says that the video highlights the need for greater understanding, unity, and action. Okay. So they are sharing it with us. And Great. I will post that on our page. Thank you. Um, there's been news that the Skyliner cabs have been uh, in action again, which is a wonderful thing. Yes, we're 10 days away from... Uh, select resorts opening uh, at the Walt Disney World Resort and uh, Skyliners are up on the lines running and uh, who knows there's been no official word that they will be returning as part of the transportation network but seeing them on the lines is a key that that will probably key indicator that that will probably happen yeah I think that the Skyliner is a great choice for um, transportation if you know if it gets you between the places that you actually want to go I mean you know that is limited but um, you, you don't have to have people in uh, close quarters with each other. You can separate parties quite easily. Right. And since it seems that um, everyone in the country is moving away from the whole needing to wipe everything down all the time, you know, thinking that maybe um, things are not – that the virus is not transmitted through surfaces so much, they may um, be more comfortable with the Skyliner because you may – they may feel that they don't need to, you know, wipe every cab every time. You know, maybe you do it at the beginning of the day and the end, you know, beginning or the end, I guess. Because the beginning and the end doesn't make any sense. No. That's just twice in a row, really. Yeah. Uh, maybe midday. Anyway, let's talk about Cinderella's Castle. Yes. They're doing some upgrades there. How are they coming along? Well, uh, if you 
call a new paint scheme an upgrade. I guess it's uh, an upgrade. It is. But they're painting it, and uh, they started it back in March, and then everything was shut down due to the park closure. They did resume painting uh, maybe a week, week and a half ago, and that is expected to be completed prior to the park's reopening. Uh, the castle is painted in a new rose gold color, and the second and uh, third tallest turrets have been painted in a royal blue to match the new top turret. So there will be a new look to the castle when you see it. If we ever see it. Yes. In Actually, the, the tallest spire is a very bold gold. Oh, okay. We'll see. I'll see what I think of it. Yeah, I just, I wonder if this has anything to do with the projection mappings. Like maybe they, the different color. Maybe. You know, works Things show better up for better. the mappings. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, cast member temperature and wellness screenings are beginning. That's right. Today, uh, June 14th, uh, Disney released a uh, word that they had agreed with their service trades council union that all full-time and part-time staff who are in an operating area will have a secondary temperature being taken. Uh, Their primary temperature would be the temperature they take before they report for their shift. And uh, the secondary one would be one that is uh, performed by their management team Mm -hmm. uh, on property. So once again, 100.4 degrees is that magical number. Uh, If a cast member has that temperature, they are not allowed to work. They have a cool down period. Then they have their temperature rechecked. If it's still above 104 100.4. That's what I said. You said 104. I said said (laughs) 100.4. If it is more than 100.4, they will be sent home. And unlike guests who don't get to go to the property that day, if a cast member has a temperature that exceeds that number, they actually get sent home with pay. Well, yeah, that's good. They, um, I, I believe also if they call into work saying that they registered with a temperature, they would also still get pay. So okay. that's a good thing. And there is an agreement in uh, between the union and Disney that if a uh, employee requests, they can be shown their temperature reading. Hmm. Okay. So Disney has now begun testing some contactless security and bag check procedures. Yes, they have uh, put this now in the Lime parking garage at Disney Springs, and it is a scanner by Evolve Technologies. Uh, They are claiming it is 10 times faster than uh, traditional metal detectors, and they say they can screen 60 people every minute for firearms and other threats. Uh, So this is essentially just a walkthrough uh, scanner. And you can carry your bag through? Yes. <gasps> oh my God, that would be amazing. Yes. This could be the best thing that comes out of coronavirus. Right. Right here is if we can just like walk through these screening devices instead of having speed. to like, yes, instead of having to like open up your bags and show everybody. Oh my God, that would be so amazing. And then you get the talkie security guard. And, yeah. Uh, They're yeah. touching your stuff. You got to open all the pouches for them. Mm-hmm every pouch in your wallet. Like, I don't know what they think I'm keeping in my change purse, but. You're Derringer. Oh my goodness. All right. That's wonderful. Um, My Disney experience has strongly recommended guests use online check-in as as the resorts start to open up. Yep. June 22nd, uh, they're stating that, uh, as Cheryl said, that it is strongly recommended and it's just to aid in social distancing efforts. They really don't want people showing up and checking in at the lobby if they can do it online and go straight to their room. Absolutely, yeah. Why add that extra step where you're near people? Not just near the check-in agent, but near other people trying to check in and 
that right. lo- the lobbies can be very busy. Yep. If you've got your magic band or actually you don't even need your magic band because you can open the door with the My Disney Experience app. Mm-hmm. So you go straight to your room. But then how do you get your magic bands if you didn't already have them? Well, you have to get them at the desk. <laughs> but you don't have to do it right away. No. Speaking of magic bands, mm-hmm. uh, magic band orders and band upgrades have uh, started again in the My Disney Experience app. So if you're headed to the parks or you have a reservation, you can go ahead and customize your bands or request an upgrade. Um, bands. The one difference now is that bands are going to be sent out at the uh, 10-day mark prior to your arrival. It used to be you had until 30 days prior to your trip, at which point they were sent out. But they have now changed that to order up to 11 days prior to your trip. So, um, you know, a lot of people get nervous because it's two weeks before their trip and the bands haven't shown up. And uh, now they're going to be sending them out at 10 days, a couple days to get to your house. So you probably won't get your bands until, you know, maybe a week before your trip. Curious how this is going to shake out with the paid upgrades. Because, yes, if you just ordered the standard colors and you didn't pay for an upgrade they would show up about 30 days ahead of time. But if you paid for an upgrade of a, of a magic band, they would show up right after you ordered them. So uh, we were supposed to go in April, and I placed the order for an upgraded magic band along with the three unupgraded bands, and they showed up immediately. So we had them, I think, in like December. So I've had my Minnie Mouse magic band. Mm-hmm. It's just sitting around. I hope by the time we finally get to go, the battery hasn't worn out of it. Right. Uh, all right. Where are we now? Uh, oh. Oh, spe- so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Go ahead. You, you, you speaking, talk about this Speaking one. of our trip, um, so an executive order was signed by the governor of Florida back in March, I think, April. Um, and there were a series of them. And... In effect, what the what the executive order said was that travelers from the tri-state area, which consists of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, were required to perform a self-quarantine of 14 days upon arrival in Florida or for the length of their stay in Florida, whichever was shorter. Um, unfortunately, on June 5th, he extended that executive order. So it looks like now, unless there's another executive order, which will supersede that, um, now between... Uh, June 5th and August 5th, well, approximately 60 days, uh, any traveler from New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut must self-quarantine for 14 days. Um, you know, originally when this happened, they had checkpoints on I-95 to stop travelers who were coming in from out of state, as well as um, they had uh, National Guard stationed at the airport for flights that were coming in from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And uh, at both checkpoints on the road and in the airport, you had to give them your contact information, where you were staying, where you were from, how long you would be there, and they could check up on you via phone calls to make sure that you were self-quarantining. Uh, well, here we are. The parks are going to be open in approximately a month, and they're taking a segment of their population for these three states and telling them that you have to stay in your hotel room. Um you know, at this point, I don't believe the National Guard is at the airport or on the highway anymore, um, but you're still expected as a resident of one of those three states to self-quarantine. And it wasn't only if you were in from one of those states, but if you flew out of one of those states. So sometimes people from Rhode Island will drive to Connecticut to go to the airport or Massachusetts to go to the, you know, the airport in Connecticut because it's closer, 
But if you arrived on a flight from Connecticut, you were expected to self-quarantine. Right. And I would have thought that these were lifted, that these would be lifted by now. Um, I think it's um, a bit humorous at this point as the numbers of COVID cases in Florida go up and the numbers in Connecticut, at least, I don't know very much about the numbers for New York and New Jersey, but the numbers for Connecticut have remained very steady um, and have not peaked, have not spiked at all. So I have a feeling that really the people who should be more fearful should be the Connecticut people. Like, you know, the uh, the Connecticut people should be fearful of going to Florida. The Floridians should not be uh, fearful of the Connecticut people coming down there because I don't I don't think at this point that we're we're the risk. Right. Um, but this just just there's so many questions that go with this and we have none of the answers uh, to be clear. But I didn't realize Tony was just telling me that Disney itself had actually said something about people from uh, Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey coming down to Disney World at one point. Um, right. And they had stated if, if you're from one of the quarantine states that you were not expected to uh, come to the Walt Disney World Resort property. So, you know, they're just kind of... I just don't know if that was like sort of in reference to cancellations. Like, hey, you know, you're, you know, feel free to cancel since you're not supposed to come. My big question is... We're how many weeks away from, a week and a half away from the first resorts opening? Right. There's got to be people from Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey who have reservations during that time, who did not cancel them. They, people are being contacted about their resorts. Here's where we've moved you to. Um, You know, are you still coming? I want to know, are those people being told or asked, hey, you know, you're from the state of Connecticut. We, you're expected to quarantine for 14 days. Is that something that you're going to be able to do before you arrive at our resort? Or do you need to cancel? Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm interested in that because if they're not asking that question, then no one is enforcing this. And it's just, it's all kind of a moot point. It's all kinds of rules that are written down that no one is following. So I don't know. I'd like, I'd love to hear from anyone who actually has, um, Reservations that they did not cancel coming up soon, who's from Connecticut, New York, or New Jersey, whether Disney actually raised that as um, a concern to you. All right. All right. On the Um, happier news. What could be happier than, I mean, you know, it is happy news. It's all happy going to Disney World news. It's just, um, you know, restrictions and all. Uh, Chef Art Smith's homecoming is going to be reopening. That's right. They're scheduled to reopen on June 17th. And the big news there is when they reopen, they are going to reopen with a new uh, extension to the restaurant. And uh, that is going to be the new Shine Bar and Social area, which is a new little porch that they've created. So it's an outdoor patio bar um, and the seats are set up kind of for social distancing. Mm -hmm. So it's just, uh, you know, it's a nice little area. Yeah, yeah, no, it's nice. I'm not sure that I would want to sit outside there in uh, 103 degree weather, but yeah, in mid uh, mid August. Yeah, but you know, on a nice, cool Florida night, it might. be I mean, a nice you don't place have you don't out. have any choice, right? I mean, if you want to eat at Disney Springs, there's no indoor dining open, right? So at least you have a nice shaded place to sit down. It's better than trying to walk and eat your food. That is true. With your mask hanging around your chin. Um, fireworks have been removed from the My Disney Experience app. Does that mean anything, really? No, um, just that, you know, there's not going to be any fireworks on, at the park. So 
you know, is that the reason they removed it off of the app? It used to be when you opened up the app, you got a couple of fireworks. You saw the oh, you the mean castle. like so? It's like it's not fireworks times or dates no, that got removed, right? It's actual it. like the pictures or the right the animation, animation that okay. starts off the app. I did not understand that, and I think they they did that just because people would be like, "Hey, I see fireworks on the app. How come you're not giving me fireworks?" Because you know how people are. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might be sort of rubbing uh, salt in a wound. For people who are, you know, down there like, oh, fireworks, like this right. is what Disney's all about. And then we're not even having them. Yep. Um, the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic has been canceled for 2020. So that sucks. Yep. Anything. Their hope is that it will return uh, in 2021. Yes. And if you did purchase tickets, uh, they'll contact you. You can contact them for a refund. Mm, yeah. That's everyone's hope that it will return. Yep. Um, in Orange County, uh California, face masks uh, are now moved to being recommended, but no longer required. That's right. Uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago, uh, Dr. Nicole Quick, who was the original Orange County Health Care Agency director, said that um, they would no longer require uh, face masks, um, but she started getting death threats and was replaced. And her replacement uh, has once again stated that... Uh, face masks are not required. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see when Disneyland opens now that they've uh, given their opening dates. Uh, be interesting to see what happens because Disney has required face masks for all of their guests in the Shanghai and Walt Disney World parks. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they require it. I can't see why they wouldn't require it in California. Yeah, well. I mean, they're, it's it's a private organization. They have the right to... Um, you know, allow or not allow people. Although I feel like in California, it might get tricky if it's like allowed by the state and, you know, there's people with like medical conditions or whatever that can't wear them. Although if you have a medical condition that makes it so that you can't wear a mask, it seems like maybe also that medical condition should have you maybe staying in and not being around a ton of people right, due you might to want sickness. To think about not going. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to say, oh, it's like for, you know, for anxiety or I, I don't, I don't know. Yes. I have a feeling that this, this makes things really, really tricky for Disney World. I think that for Disneyland, I think that if you just, if you're following along with whatever the state recommendations are, it's so much easier. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to add on something additional, it's right. going to be a little tricky in the situation where you have people, um, you know, with medical reasons or yep. anxiety reasons. And, and I just want to correct myself. Uh, Dr. Quick recommended that masks be worn during stage three of the California plan. And it was because of that that she received death threats. Uh, her replacement is the guy who rescinded that order and recommended them and said they're not required. Mm -hmm. I don't like so. it. I like the first lady. I think it doesn't hurt anything for everybody to just wear them. Of course, I am not yet in 98 degree hum and uh, high humidity weather. So we'll see how I feel that when, when that's the case. Um, the Disney Explorers Lodge, which is a hotel at um, Hong Kong Disney, is resuming operations. Yes, they uh, have uh, begun taking guests again. Remind They are reminding guests to wear masks and maintain appropriate distance, uh, as well as wash your hands frequently, throw your masks into a rubbish bin with a lid, and to cover your mouth while sneezing or coughing. Uh, they're also going to be doing uh, temperature screenings for all guests and cast members, and they've started putting signage around the resort. Uh, so far, the Disney's, Disney Explorers Lodge and the... Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel are both in operation, uh, so hopefully the parks will be getting an opening date soon. Okay. 
Um, Disneyland Paris uh, is rumored to be reopening on July 15th. That's right. Uh, there is no hard confirmation from Disney, um, but they are stating that ride tests, tests are going to take place around June 20th and that promotional video recording sessions are going to take place on June 22nd. Um, this is going to lead into supposedly a reopening date of July 15th for the parks and the hotel, um, with soft openings taking place for July 3rd through July 14th for annual pass holders. Uh, as of right now, all reservations at Disneyland Paris have been canceled through July 14th. Um, the Parisian, Parisian, French government, um, has started allowing theme parks in the Paris area to open uh, beginning July, I'm sorry, June 22nd. Okay. Yeah, but they had, um, Disneyland was holding off. They were. Okay. Uh, Mulan is scheduled to be the first summer theatrical release. That's exciting. That's right. A whole bunch of studios shifted their movie release schedule around the other day. Um, and the uh, movie by Christopher Christopher Nolan, Tenet, was supposed to be the movie that kicked off the modified summer season. But that has now been postponed as well. So um, July 24th is Mulan's opening date. Disney is sticking with this date and not moving anything. Um, a number of studios, uh, like I said, Tenet has been moved. Uh, they just moved Wonder Woman again back to, I believe, October. So uh, things are in flux, but Disney is holding strong with Mulan. I think that's going to be a great move on their part. Not everyone is going to be comfortable going to the movies um, come July 24th. But there is going to be a ton of people chomping at the bit. Right. And I'm one of them. I would be totally comfortable going into a movie theater that was um, practicing social um, distancing, you know, by leaving uh, seats between parties. But, I mean, we go to one of the Cinemarks that has the reclining seats and the um, from front to back sort of like the people in front of you and the people behind you. I think are six feet. Those yeah. there's so much space because the the recliners have to recline, so those feet rests come out, and I think they are six feet. So you don't even have to do like an every other row kind of thing. You really just need to make sure that you add, you know, a, a buffer, a, an empty spot on either side. Right. So I would be totally comfortable with that, and I'm going to be on the app as soon as they allow me to make reservations for that July 24th date. Excellent. Yes. Um, how about The One and Only Ivan? That was a movie that was supposed to be coming out. So The One and Only Ivan, which I'm surprised you knew about it, because I've never heard of it. It's a book. It's a book. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that, but it's a book from 2013, and it is the story of a – it's kind of funny. Um, it's about Ivan, who is a 400-pound silverback gorilla who is in a communal habitat in a suburban shopping mall with Stella the Elephant and Bob the Dog. Aww. Um, and this movie was supposed to be a theatrical release, but they have moved it to Disney+. Plus. Uh, the big thing is this does have a pretty pretty heavy uh, number of stars doing the voices for this. We've got Sam Rockwell as Ivan, Angelina Jolie as Stella the Elephant, ben, uh, Danny DeVito as Bob the Dog, Helen Mirren as Snickers the Poodle, uh, Shaka <laughs> Khan, not so big, as Henrietta the Chicken, um, and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other people. Brian Cranston's involved with this. Uh, so this is very, very odd to see this coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, Angelina Jolie is one of the producers. And, um, you know, check that out. I don't know if they have a date for when it's coming out. August for August 21st. It will premiere on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's late, too. It's like you'd think... 
if they're if they're doing the Mulan release July 24th, why not leave one and only Ivan for the I mean it's the end of August. Right, that I can't tell you. Very odd. Um, Artemis Fowl, that went straight to Disney+. Plus. Uh, what do people think? Well, with good reason. And maybe that's mm-hmm. why Ivan, uh, the one and only, is going to Disney+. Plus. Um, you, you know, when when I had looked at the slate of movies from Disney this year, I saw Artemis Fowl, and it just sounded kind of cheesy. And then the video came out, and it didn't look too good. Uh, and now I'm reading the reviews, and I've seen some reviews of some friends who watched it over the weekend. And it sounds like it was a good move by Disney to not release it because it it probably would not have done well Uh in the movie theaters. Uh, I guess they changed the tone of the hero. He was supposed to kind of be an anti-hero, kind of like the the bad good guy. Right. And, uh, you know, for a 12-year-old boy who's the hero of the story, it was just – it was not like it really was in the books. Okay. So – That's a bummer. If if you've seen it, leave – let us know what you thought of it. Okay. Um, you want to know what's really terrible that's coming to Disney Plus? What's that? The dinosaurs show from ABC from what, like the 80s? When was that even on? It was on from 91 to 94. Ugh, it was uh, terrible. That was a show produced by Disney, uh, and the Jim Henson Company was involved with it. It followed a dinosaur family called, named the Sinclairs as they navigated life, work, and family matters in prehistoric times. Uh, if you remember the show, you may remember that the dad kind of wore a flannel shirt all the time. And, you know, they were anthropomorphic dinosaurs, so they walked upright. Uh, they were kind of that stereotypical sitcom family. It was like Roseanne, but right. with dinosaurs. Right. And then the baby, whose big phrase was not the baby, mm-hmm. uh, sitting in the high chair most of the time. So I was not a I was not a fan. I didn't watch the show, but I, I did watch the show. My family watched the show. Really? And it, like thinking back, I do totally remember it. It was awful. I mean, I guess I must have liked it at the time, but okay. I'm gonna have to check out an episode or two just you know for to see how bad sake. it was. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think that's the one where MacGyver dies. It, <laughs> it might be right. Um, Disney Archives uh, will be shortly celebrating their 50th anniversary, and they have a documentary that they're going to release, um, but the release is going to first be for D23 Gold members. That's right. So uh, Walt Disney Archives Preserving the Magic is the name of the special, Uh, and as Cheryl mentioned, this documentary is going to release first on June 27th for D23 Gold members. Uh, D23 is the Disney fan club. There There is a subscription version and a non-subscription-free version uh, that you can get. But gold is, of course, one of the pay versions. So beginning on June 15th at 10 a.m., you can register for tickets to the online premiere. Okay, Which cool. I will be doing. And then our last story, um, Disney is suing over 2019 Florida property tax assessments. That's okay. Well, the funny thing is uh, Disney is once again suing uh, the I Orange didn't... County property assessor. Oh, this uh, is... So it's not Florida. No. I asked you that. I said, was this Florida? It is Florida. Orange Orange County is the location of both Disneyland and Disney World. That's so confusing. Yes, it is. Oh. So um, currently there are dozens of cases in Orange Circuit Court going back to 2016 over uh, property appraiser Rick Singh. Uh, So this year Disney says that um, they are disputing the value of the property in Orange Court and thereby pay reduced property taxes that would benefit the infrastructure. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Singh saying that Disney does not want to pay it because 
Um, that extra money would benefit infrastructure in public schools. Uh, they're going to defend these values in court on behalf of the citizens of Orange County so that Disney's responsibility is upheld. Disney says that they've challenged his assessments and the methods that he used to assess the property. Um, so the Magic Kingdom, for those of you who are interested, has been assessed at a value of $504 million, Epcot at $539 million, Hollywood Studios $394 million, and Animal Kingdom at $435 million. Um, so uh, Disney just wants, uh, you know, uh, to be fair and equitable. Um, Disney actually prevailed in a previous case uh, over his assessments. Of course, the uh, office of the assessor is appealing the decision, which means the case is still pending. So it looks like there is a history of uh, animosity between these two groups. I think it's a total hoot that there's basically like a guy, he's the tax assessor, and right. he like gets to decide what the tax amounts should be for Disney World. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You'd think there'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, more of a, I mean, maybe there is. Maybe he's just the final person. I don't know. All right. Well, that's all the news for today. So until next time, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast.